We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome back to the Rotowire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Tuesday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, Rotowire, and as a featured writer of the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. The Rotowire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate, review us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, are you ready for some Tuesday fantasy NBA action? Always. Big slate, huge slate. I don't know what we're going to do with the plethora of options, but the good news is uh, among the 10 teams in action that we have some barn burners, uh, it's going to sort of be a question of how much exposure we can get to Houston versus Golden State. How do you feel about teams like, uh, you know, Utah, uh, maybe as, you know, uh, in, in good spots with their Twin Towers versus Dallas and that soft front line? And, you know, what are you going to do with uh, John Wall and company against Porzingat? So let's go ahead and break yeah. it down here to start the point guard position. Talk about what you're going to be doing here for the Tuesday slate at the one. Yeah, I mean, before we even get into that, to kind of hit on what you were saying about, like, the slate, mm-hmm. 
the first thing I do when I look at a slate is look at the matchups of the games. So there's only five here. So if you look at them, you got San Antonio against Miami. Now, those are two teams that we don't usually target people against because they both play at a slower pace and are pretty good defensively. So you got to think that that's going to be one of the games that you want to not have a ton of exposure to. And then you look at any game that the Utah Jazz are playing lately. And, you know, with the Twin Towers back, their defense is back to, you know, being kind of what it was the second half of last year where they were the number one defense in the league. So it kind of takes a lot of guys in that Dallas-Utah game off the table for you, which basically only leaves you with Washington against the Knicks, which should be high-paced because Washington plays paced up. Um, Boston against Milwaukee, which should be a pretty good spot because both of those teams have been playing, you know, some high-scoring games lately. And then, like you said, the Houston-Golden State Warriors game, you know, the question you got to ask yourself is how much exposure do you really want to that one? Because when the lines come out for these games, you're probably going to get the Spurs-Miami at like a 190-ish, Utah-Dallas maybe even in the 180s. Um, Knicks and Washington will probably be around 200. Boston-Milwaukee will be about 200. And then you're probably going to get like a 220 total on that Golden State-Houston game. So on a short slate like this, right off the bat, I think you want to have a lot of exposure to Golden State and Houston, a little bit of exposure to Washington, New York, and Boston-Milwaukee, and you want to try to avoid San, Ant- uh, San Antonio, Miami, and Utah-Dallas when you're you know, looking at your place. Yeah, I agree with you with everything you said with the exception of well, how much exposure I want to favors and to a lesser extent Gobert. And I think Gordon Hayward is a guy who's always been playing that that sort of pace down game, but sort of we know is the, probably the most trustworthy score on that team. So you can make uh, cases in spots if the price is right. And the price has yeah. actually been pretty good on favors. So, But now, generally speaking, I think you're 100% correct with what you're saying. So. Now let me, let me ask you this because I, I wouldn't mind a little bit of like favors exposure here today, but – do you put more than maybe one guy on Utah in the lineup? Probably not. I've never saw, never like comboed up like favors and Gobert. By the way, from one of the two, <laughs> usually I like one matchup versus the other better. And favors has <laughs> been thoroughly out playing Gobert. And like at the most, I think I might have had favors and Hayward against like Phoenix or Philly or something, sort of that sort of example. Maybe the L.A. Lakers, you know, like where you just know that the, this is they're they're playing such a terrible team that you you're okay with like a high level of exposure, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree for the most part. I think if Never you find yourself, two, yeah, if, if you find yourself with a lot of exposure to the Utah Dallas game or the Miami San Antonio game, you probably want to rethink your lineup. But if you have like, you know, if you really like the matchup for favors, or maybe you really like the matchup on the other side for, uh, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge or something like that, I think it's okay to have one guy from this game who you think is going to be the big dog. But in some of these lower pace, lower scoring games, it's tough to, to count on multiple guys going off when you know that that Golden State Houston game, you're going to have three or four guys from that game that are probably going to be on a winning lineup. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So let's talk about that winning lineup, by the way, at the point guard position. And since we sort of broke down a little bit of game theory here, who can we make a case for? We obviously got some big boys up top. Um, how many of those will be in your lineup, and where do you want to go for, for value town? Yeah, I really like Steph Curry today. Um, part of the reason for that is I'm not huge on James Harden in this game. So when you're looking at the guys that you want to pay up for, you know there aren't a ton of them on the slate. If you know Harden versus Curry is basically the choice that you have to make. Which again we talk about on these short slates. It's not so much a question of you know do I take him because he's the most expensive point guard or the most expensive shooting guard. I still think Harden's likely to be the best 
performer at the shooting guard spot, but if I can only pay up for one of these 10K guys, um, Steph Curry's the way I'm going to go. He's been really hot lately, had a really good game. Well, a solid game. I'm not going to say really good. A solid game for him against OKC. But, you know, he's hitting a ton of shots. He's making a lot of his threes. He's shooting a lot of threes, so he's getting that bonus over on DraftKings. You know, he's getting us the assist to go along with it. He's playing big minutes. We know that this game is just going to have an absolutely huge total. So I think Steph's the guy that that has the best chance to put up like a 55-65 fantasy point game here. So he's easily my top option at the point guard spot. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So something else that we can um, sort of pay attention to in terms of, you know, how he performs. But I I think you need to start taking a strong look at your lineups and, and starting them with Steph Curry. And to maybe my second best choice would be uh, John Wall, who's been playing at a pretty high level overall. And I and I still want to use um, um, Patrick Beverly whenever possible as my number two point card that I love to pair. <coughs> Excuse me, I should have turned off my mic. Uh, too late for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Patrick Beverly is a guy who, um, you know, has been done nothing but sort of produce cash safe performance after cash safe performance. And he's been the guy that I've always paired whenever possible, um, with, you know, the top guy, like the, like the, the Russell Westbrooks or the, or the Curry's, whoever you're using up top there. I don't care that he had a bad game against Portland where he only scored four points and, with with one assist take a look at the the production level up to that there we're talking about um 24 fancy points or more and 5.3x or above with a cap of seven and a half x um in five of the past or six of the past seven games there overall so i don't care about one bad game i you know you know that there's going to be a ton of scoring and a ton of opportunity for him and they're going to need him on the floor against you know as much as possible against curry so i think this is a good spot for him to you know to take the cheap uh, value play you know, priced at 5,100 as of the last game and price certainly should not be going up against Golden State after that bad performance. So um, I love doing that all season long and I've been pretty successful at it overall with pairing Bev uh, with Curry in my cash games. Uh, Anybody else that you want to mention before we move on to the two? Yeah, there are three guys who are salary saver options that I think are all viable here. You got um, Jared Bayless going up against Boston. We know that's going to be a paced up game. It's going to be a tough matchup for him. Uh, you might see a little, um, you know, Avery Bradley defense. Might see a little bit of Isaiah Thomas defense, which actually hasn't been horrendous this year. Um, but I do think that at 4,200, Bayless is just way too cheap for a guy who's playing 25, 30 minutes and putting up like 25-ish fantasy points. Um, you also have Raul Neto and Patty Mills, who are like, you know, 32, $3,500 players. Uh, both of these guys have been going five and a half to six and a half X over the last couple games. So I think you can look at Neto, especially if uh, Trey Burke is still out. And I think you can kind of look at Patty Mills a little bit. Although, again, I don't really want to mess with too many guys in that Miami San Antonio matchup. So he's probably third on the list. But I think all three of those guys are viable salary savers for you. All right, fair enough. I, I like those as, you know, um, names that you mentioned in GPPs, but I, I don't think you have to go out of your way to, to expose yourself to them if you feel more comfortable with, you know, mid-grade or top options like we're talking about here, at least for mm-hmm. cash games as well. GPPs, obviously a separate story. Yeah, like if you're trying to fit, like, 
Harden and and Curry in, you're probably going to need one of those three guys as your like you know guard spot at the bottom or right. something. Absolutely, it definitely does make sense in that situation. All right, let's talk about James Harden up top here. Overall, against the Golden State Warriors here, he's listed as questionable with a sore hand, but I think you and I both sort of expect him to play. You know, we, we, we're recording this 36 hours in advance, like always, and Houston is not on the slate, I believe, for Monday, as far as I can tell. I don't remember them being on there. So should he get enough rest? I'd be surprised if he's not active uh, there as well. So, I mean, Harden is obviously the top lock, um, cash lock gameplay uh, there as well. Who else should we be taking a look at uh, possibly getting some exposure to at the two? Yeah, like I said, I'm not really playing Harden much in this. Um, I would much rather come down to Clay Thompson. You know, Thompson has been playing pretty well. He had a, a little bit of a rough game last time out against OKC, um, basically because what he had been doing recently is contributing in some of the other categories as opposed to just scoring. And in this game, he was basically just scoring. Another thing that kind of hurt him here is he only hit one three-pointer against OKC, where he had been hitting five or six in the games before. So he only finished with 18 points as opposed to like the 25 to 45 with, you know, five, six, seven three-pointers that he had in the, the couple games preceding it. But we talked about all season how James Harden defense is like a cheat code. So, you know, with Clay Thompson, again, 220 total in that game. I want as much exposure to it as I can. I do think that the guards are going to do a lot of the damage. So I like Curry a lot. I like Clay Thompson a lot. You know, he's probably the, the top option that I'm going to go after. Um, and again, you don't really have a lot of other guys up in that range that make a lot of sense to me. You know, Chris Middleton is expensive, has a tough matchup with Avery Bradley. Not really going to mess with that. You know, Dwayne Wade's going up against San Antonio. We never mess with San Antonio defense, even, you know, even though I do like Dwayne Wade. Um, Rodney Hood's actually been solid, so he's an okay option. Avery Bradley against Milwaukee is an okay option. Um, But again, once you come down from there, there's not much at the cheap end that I really like. So, you know, I think Klay Thompson is probably the guy I'm going to try to target the most. And where I can't afford him, I think I'm coming down to, you know, probably Avery Bradley over Rodney Hood. But those are going to be the two guys that are in the discussion for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in both those players. So Rodney Hood, you mentioned how about how cash safe he's been and uh, been producing at a pretty strong level overall. Another 34 fancy points at 5,900, 25 and 4. That's 5.8x. It's, you know, cash safe with a little bit of GPP upside as well. So definitely interested in, in him as a potential option there as well. And it's just not really a great level of, you know, like value plays in terms of like what you want to do uh, at the two. So, you know, I, I would much rather prefer to get exposure to uh rodney hood or bradley beal rather than step any further down below those both of those guys are similarly priced and you know avery bradley comes up with 25 points of his own with three points and three assists uh as well so um if you want to sort of you know use the matchup as as a tiebreaker for me i guess i would go with uh with milwaukee both of them are road matchups but boston does play with a little bit more pace than utah does so that could be your little bit of tiebreaker but you know you, we, we can let you decide those guys are basically have identical projection projections uh for for the tuesday slate all right, um, let's go ahead and move forward to the small forward position. But before we do that, we have to let you know, uh, rotowire.com slash pod is your spot for our official 10-day free trial to take advantage of all the premium tools that we have available to you. Lineup optimizers for all the major sports, MLB, NBA, NFL, college, uh, NHL, college football, and soccer with more in the works, by the way. I think we have golf in the works as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. We've got up-to-the-minute depth charts, customizable league projections, complete draft kits for NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. I think you can actually download the uh, Rotowire 
um, uh, fancy basketball um, app. I'm sorry, fancy baseball app uh, uh, as well in the App Store uh, for the 2016 season, along with the magazine available on online and, ma- and um, paper format in your local supermarket. So a lot of great features coming up. If you if you love the premium content, and the premium tools that we provide, you can take advantage. Give it a test drive, a 10 day free trial. That's RotoWire.com/pod. Let them know Josh and Benny sent you. All right, small forward up next. Let's go ahead and talk about who is going to be uh, manning the three for you on Tuesday. Yeah, where I can afford to pay up, I really like Carmelo Anthony. Um, Again, we've talked all season long about Washington's small forward defense. They play at a high pace. Otto Porter is a horrendous defender. Guys have been putting up big numbers against them all year. You know, Melo's the highest usage guy they have on the Knicks. He seems to be healthy right now. Um, putting up 40 to 55 fantasy points in like his last five games, I think. Um, so, you know, he's probably my top option where I can afford to pay up. Where I can't afford him, I actually like Harrison Barnes a lot in this game too. Um, again, I know I sound like a broken record, but 220-ish over-under in that game, you want as much exposure to it as you can. Uh, a guy like Barnes is pretty solid price. I think he's around like 5200 on DraftKings. You know, 5K over on FanDuel. He's like right around 10K over on Fantasy Draft. Um, again, he's a guy that I'm pretty, pretty confident is going to get me 25 to 30 fantasy points. Um, I know people are scared away from Trevor Ariza, but it's actually been a pretty good matchup for wing players against Houston this year. Um, so he's probably the guy I'd come down to if I was saving. The only other guy I have a little bit of interest in for GPPs is uh, Giannis. Um, you know, the alphabet, the Greek freak, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> I'm not even attempt- yeah, that guy too. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's going up against Boston. And even though Jay Crowder's a pretty good defender, small forward in Boston has actually been a way to attack them lately. Um, basically, any of the forward spots in Boston has been a way to attack them lately. So I don't mind Giannis, but he's been too erratic for me to use in cash. So in cash, I'm either going to go up to Melo or down to Barnes, but I think I'm going to have some exposure to Giannis in a you know, tournament format today. Yeah, uh, I can see that as those all uh, guys that I'm looking for some some particular exposure to as well. Um, I, I think you're you're dead on about Carmelo Anthony and Otto Porter defense, so you just can't do much better than that uh, overall. And you know what, to a lesser extent, um, in that, in that spot, I actually do like Gordon Hayward. We were talking about him, um, on the, on the previous, show. uh, what were we talking about this at the, at the top of the show as, as, ter- as terms of like how much exposure we want to that. I think he's very cash safe, um, at 7,400 is, you know, he has a little bit, even his down performances aren't terrible. 25 fantasy points is not going to kill you. Uh, you definitely want more out of the 74, $7,500 price tag, but you know, you, you see what he does against Phoenix comes up with almost 40 fancy points and against Chicago an even better defense with 27 and 12 double, double bonus on DraftKings seven assists good for 55 fantasy points definitely has potential to produce uh and dallas is not a team that really has defended particularly well um at the two or the three and i actually don't mind his partner only because he is going to be matched up against gordon hayward and that's chandler parsons who's been um pretty productive uh overall had a little bit of a hiccup against san antonio we don't care about that what we do care about is you know double doubles here in the uh, two double doubles over the the past uh, week and a half they're 26 8 and 4 good for 46 fantasy points against Memphis, who is supposed to be a, a, t- a tough defensive team. And, you know, I also like that what, what, what we could take a look forward, uh, look at, which is he had a high watermark of 7K, and the price dipped all the way down to 6400 for whatever reason. The production wasn't that bad for them to shave 600 off the price. So we know that he's probably not going to be back up at 7K, which means I'll definitely be interested in having him uh, for, for some exposure. Uh, don't nor, Like I said, normally don't take too many um, play, players against uh, Utah, but you do 
don't have to worry too much about Chandler Parsons like trying to drive to the hole because he really just wants to shoot threes and he's been doing pretty um, pretty well at it overall. So somebody I think you can make a case for as well. Anybody else that you want to stump for before we move on to the four? No, that's um you know like I said that's about it for me. Uh, the biggest problem that I think you're going to have is figuring out which of these guys you want to pay up for today and you know which guys you don't because like I said as much as I would love to have Melo in every one of my lineups. Um, he's not really going to fit if you're using some of these other big priced options. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the four, your top options here for Tuesday's slate at the power forward position. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think Draymond Green is easily the top option here. Um, he's a guy that I think you might need some exposure to because, you know, Houston is the worst in the league at defending power forwards, or at least they were last week. I don't know if they still are, but even if they're not, they're in the bottom three or four. So it's definitely a good matchup. You know, Draymond can fill it up across the board. It's going to be the highest total game on the day by a wide margin. Um, So where you can afford to pay up for him, I think Draymond makes for a great play here. If you need to save some money, I like, you know, again, I'm going to be attacking that Washington defense. I like Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, You know, Nene Hilario is very likely going to miss this game. So, you know, it's going to be a soft spot at the power forward spot for Porzingis. Um you know, he's been putting up some big numbers the last couple of games. His price has come down. He's starting to give us 6x return on the price that he has again. So I think he's a decent option as long as his price doesn't get shot up in the air. And then if you need a cheap option, uh, one of the, the better salary savers that I like on a day here is actually David West at only like 4300 I know he's going up against Miami, not the greatest matchup in the world. Um, he's basically a power forward, but he's gonna he's been playing like he's been playing center for them. So um, if Whiteside is in, it's going to be a lot tougher of a matchup for him. But if he's going up against Amari Stoudemire, um, I do think that David West makes for a quality, you know, salary saver. And even if he is going up against Whiteside, I mean, at 4,300, you really only need like 24, 25 points out of him. And he's been giving us that, you know, in a couple of his recent starts. So I think he makes for a, a decent tournament play if you're trying to save some money at the at the position. Yeah, I totally agree there as well. That's something that um, I can definitely um, make a case for getting some ex- for some getting some exposure to. All right, for me too. I mean, we talked about this over over. I feel like I'm like from Utah or something from like I like I used to live in Salt Lake City. As much as I'm pumping these guys here overall, but yeah, Derek Favors uh, against Dallas. We know Dirk Nowitzki has been, I think bottom anywhere from the worst to bottom seven in the league overall and dvp allowed to the uh power four position there as well so this is a good matchup for him because dirk does, doesn't necessarily want to defend players inside he's more of an outside guy and i think he struggles uh more defensively against bigger uh guys overall and you know um we know that he has and he gets to play his more natural position which is the four now that rudy gobert is back in the lineup so i do definitely like attacking dallas at the power four position uh overall all season long and uh just double checking the numbers here bum, ba, da, bum, ba, da, bum. yep dallas fourth worst overall in the nba uh and fancy points allowed to the power forward position which is why Derek favors has a top three projection and i think the price is very reasonable um in this spot at 7k there did have a little bit of a down game uh against phoenix but you know um i'm not gonna be worried about overall what i do like is 41 and 45 fantasy points scored in the past two games against milwaukee and denver and i think it's gonna be in a similar spot today 
against the uh, Dallas Mavericks. So something to take a look at there. Something else business owners should be taking a look at here is whether or not they have their website on hand and ready. If you don't, why not do it yourself here with Wix.com? So no matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. So with hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be too busy, too busy worrying about the budget, the scheduling appointments, or too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy, and that's where Wix.com comes in. The Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The results will be stunning. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the center position here today and what you'll be doing at the five. Yeah, I really like um, Dwight Howard in this spot, and he's not a guy that I've played a lot this season. But Terrence Jones is out, and, you know, Montejunas is not really healthy, and they really don't have a ton of big guys. Plus, this is going to be a high-tempo, high-paced matchup with Golden State. Um, You know, more possessions equals more missed shots. Also, I think that, you know, Golden State's going to try to take Harden out of this game, which to me means that, you know, they're probably going to look for other guys to score. And I think Howard's one of the best guys that can pick up the added slack. So I really like Dwight Howard at his price of only like 72, 7,300. Now, if that price jumps a lot, it's probably not going to be a play I make. Um, but for now, he's the guy that I'm willing to pay up for. And the guy that I'm looking to save with, depending on how my roster fills up, is going to be Jared Selinger going up against Milwaukee. Um, he's basically listed as the center, plays a little bit of center. Has only been playing about 20 to 25 minutes, but he's been able to put up some big numbers at only 5K, like 26, 32, and 35 in his last three games. We know Greg Monroe does not play defense. We know that Milwaukee is a pretty good matchup Um, for Boston. It should be a high-paced matchup. Boston should be able to put up some points. They'll probably be favored in this game, even though I think they're on the road. Um, So I do like, uh, like Sollinger a little bit here. It's mostly for GPPs because... You can never really trust Brad Stevens' rotation, but he has been the guy that's been getting the most upside. You know, his scoring is up. He's still rebounding pretty well. So if I'm paying up, I think I'm going up to Dwight Howard. If I'm coming down, I think I'm coming down to uh, Jared Selinger. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. It's a little bit more sketchy for me with Gerald Sullinger, but I love attacking, uh, attacking Greg Monroe. But on the flip side of that, too, I think Greg Monroe is actually a, um, a guy that you um, sort of want to get some exposure to um, in in varied spots, only against undersized centers like Jared Sullinger is, is where I want to attack uh, Greg Monroe because he is four and he's actually playing another four in my mind, in Gerald Sellinger. So a little bit um, inconsistent here and there. Believe it or not, he has not met five times value in for the past five contests, but this is why I want to pick spots uh, where you can get some exposure to him overall. In softer matchups with guys like Nikola Vucevic, Omer Sheik, and, you know, I don't even know if Dwight Howard played on the 22nd, but I wouldn't be surprised if um, he did or didn't because Houston, you know, has been bad defensively all season long. This is where we've seen Greg Monroe, you know, put up, put up uh, points in the high 30s or, or low 40s um, in this spot, and I think he is in another um, good spot against here against Boston. Boston is a, is a quality defensive team, um, but this is the one sp- matchup where 
you can sort of, I think, make some make a case for exploiting them at the where they're underside at the center position uh, as well. So I will be taking some shares, at least in cash games. I don't think he's a great GPP play because you don't see him pop up with like 50-point games at this price. But the price is reasonable. It's actually come down a couple hundred bucks at 6800 and I wouldn't mind getting some exposure uh, to them as well. And you know what I'm also done? I'm also guess, done guessing when Bulbon is going to make some GPP hay for me, by the way. I'm just done. Uh, overall, I know that he's, you know, whenever you're just hoping for the blowout, but even if he was like a guy that you could semi trust to get like five minutes in the first half, sometimes that doesn't even happen. It's super frustrating to own. I know that th- there's so much hype surrounding him and he's supposed to be the heir apparent to Tim Duncan and all that stuff. You know what I'll do? I'll just wait till next year if, or I'll wait for Tim Duncan to retire or for him to get some consistent minutes before I start, you know, g- jumping in on him uh, uh, in GPPs. What, what's your take on that overall? Yeah, like, Boban has a very unique skill set. The guy is just massive, and he can grab every rebound when he gets in there, and, you know, he can score some points close to the basket, but he's not a guy that you're going to play 30 to 32 minutes a game. He just he just doesn't have the stamina to do that. I mean, even in the 15 to 18 minutes that he's in there, athletically, he can't run up and down the floor with a lot of these guys, but he's just so big that... You know, when he does get into position and get into place, he's able to do some damage. So, to me, he's always going to be like a kind of like a Nene Hilario. Like he's always going to be a at most twenty-two to twenty-three minute guy. And right now, he's not even that. He's you know on his good games, he's playing like fifteen to eighteen minutes. So I know everybody loves him, and you know it's nice to see him get in there, and he can he's put up like you know, 25 fantasy points in 17 minutes before and stuff like that. But I think we've kind of seen what his ceiling is. You know, I don't think you're going to get a 35 to 40 point Boban, uh, you know, fantasy game this year because I don't think he's going to ever play 30 minutes to be able to be on the court long enough for his, you know, minute and a, you know, point and a half per minute production to translate into like 40 or 45 fantasy points. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So, I mean, we're we're on the same page here as well. I know people have hit a home run occasionally with him, but, you know, just because Brandon Ryan hits a home run doesn't mean he's a home run hitter. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to call, compare Boban to Marjanovic to Brandon Ryan, but I kind of am, you know, yeah. just like... I, I mean, my my thing is, okay, if he, if he does hit, he probably gets you, what, maybe like 25 to 30 fantasy points for 3,600 or 3,400? But, I mean, when he misses, he gets zeros. Yeah. Or he puts up, like, you know, he plays five minutes and puts up six fantasy points. Like, I don't care how good the rest of your team is. You're not winning with that, you know? Even, especially on a short slate. Like, if you get six fantasy points out of a guy, you know, you basically need the nuts at every other position just to hang on for a cash. Yep, that's true. That's definitely true. So I just sort of how the same, uh, you know, feeling that that I have for, for you as well. You know, you don't have to get some people get overly cute with you know trying to make too many super sneaky home run plays in their GPPs, and then what you can end up doing is just torpedoing your lineup overall. That could that you know could have been yeah. in a, in a better spot with with a little bit more solid guy that costs a little bit more, but wasn't as like oh no one's gonna own this guy. You yeah, know? like if you look if you go back at the end of the night and you go up to the top of you know, the leaderboard and look at some of the rosters that won. Yeah, every one of them has like, you know, one or two or three guys that are like 8 to 12% owned. But they also have two or three guys that everybody else had too that are, you know, 35, 40% owned. Like, it's very rare that you go to the winning roster and you see the entire roster is 1 or 2% owned. You know, there's usually 
you know, a couple really solid plays that you had to have that everybody had that were, you know, 30 and 40% owned. And then in like, you know, one or two or three spots, they had somebody who was, you know, 8% or 5% or 10% as opposed to everybody else in the field who had somebody that was like 25 to 30% and didn't put up a good day. I mean, that's usually what it takes to win a, to win a GPP. You know, you want two or three off the board plays, but the other five guys that are in there are still, you know, solid values. Remember, the chalk is the chalk for a reason. So you can get away with fading one or two of them, but you're rarely going to get away with fading all eight or nine of the chalk plays and still, you know, putting together a winning roster. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So um, that's the, uh, the way that we both feel about this. There's, you know, smarter approaches you can take without trying to hit a, you know, 1% uh, owned hot shot home run in some of your tournament lineups. All right, and that's going to wrap it up for the RotoWire DFS podcast for Tuesday. Thanks to everybody for listening. Don't forget to check us out on on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. You can check Benny out on Twitter at BennyR11 and check me out on Twitter as well at Josh Hayes FS. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.